prosecution case in tatters over disrupt land forces rally. Land Forces International, Land Defence Exposition, Australia's premier arms dealer convention, will move from Brisbane to the Melbourne Convention Centre in 2024. The Brisbane protests in 2022 produced a conflict between police and demonstrators as to the right of public assembly. The assembly outside the Brisbane Convention Centre on the 6th of October was an authorised public assembly because organisers had taken the trouble to lodge a notice of intention under the Peaceful Assembly Act 1992 to hold a public assembly outside the Brisbane Convention Centre on that day. The police commissioner did not avail herself of the opportunity to go to the court to have that assembly limited or prohibited. Some court cases that arose from the Brisbane event in October 2022 are still in the courts. One was adjourned today till June 2023, nine months after the charge was laid. Police prosecutor Sang-Yuin Ko told the court he had sufficient evidence to prove beyond reasonable doubt. Defendant David Sprigg contravened a, a police direction under the Police Powers and Responsibilities Act Section 791 Part 2. Part-time magistrate Judith Daly pointed out to the prosecution that David Sprigg is charged with a minor offence. She asked Prosecutor Co if he would drop the charge. The magistrate also inquired as to whether the police disputed that the defendant was part of a peaceful assembly. The prosecutor said no, there is no dispute about that. The police case. Police say that David Sprigg was standing in Merivale Street between Glenelg and Russell Street, South Brisbane, on the 6th of October 2022. They say that under Section 7912 of the Police Powers and Responsibility Act, the defendant contravened a police direction given by Senior Sergeant Matthew Thompson, namely, to immediately move 100 metres from the Brisbane Convention and Entertainment Centre and not return for a period of 12 hours. Police claim that this direction had precedence over the defendant's right to peaceful assembly. The prosecutor does not contest that it was a peaceful assembly. Given the amount of police and courts wastage of time dedicated to this simple charge of disobey direction, it is worth having a look at this argument by police. Police claimed that the defendant did not have a reasonable excuse for obstructing a driveway into the Brisbane Convention and Entertainment Centre, but that is the nature of a public assembly and march. They take up space used for other purposes. Police, acting for the Arms Dealers Convention at the BCEC, had every opportunity to apply to the court to prohibit the assembly. If the police commissioner wanted to amend or prohibit the authorised public assembly, then Sergeant Kirsty Smith should have gone to court prior to the demonstration. The police commissioner did not do this. The police case states, the defendant stood at the bottom of, the, of this ladder and held onto the sides. The location of the ladder was interfering with trade at the car park by obstructing people entering and leaving the place. Police claim the reason the defendant was doing so was because a female protester climbed to the top of the ladder with signage and began chanting. 
Police argue that Police Powers and Responsibility Act Section 48.2 applies. It states, However, a police officer must not give a direction under subsection 1 that interferes with a person's right to peaceful assembly unless it is reasonably necessary in the interests of a. public safety, b. public order, or c. the protection of rights and freedoms of other per persons. Part 5 of the Police Powers and Responsibility Act Directions to Move On Section 45 of the Police Powers and Responsibility Act states this part does not apply to an authorised public assembly under the Peaceful Assemblies Act 1992. Police do not have a right to give a direction for people to move on if they are part of an authorised public assembly. Section 6 of the Peaceful Assembly Act 1992 provides legal immunity for participants in an authorised public assembly. There are a number of conditions that apply. One, if a public assembly is an authorised public assembly, B is peaceful, and C is held substantially in accordance with 1. The relevant particulars, 2. Any relevant conditions. A person who participates in the assembly does not, merely because of participation, incur any civil or criminal liability because of the obstruction of a public place. Based on the particulars given to the defendant by the police prosecution, Acting Sergeant Matthew Thompson had no right to give defendant David Sprigg a direction to move on because he was part of an authorised public assembly. The right of public assembly is a general right but it is also a right protected under the Peaceful Assembly Act 1992. If the Commissioner wished to prohibit or limit the assembly, police are required to go to court. The onus is on police or local authority it is not on the organisers of the public assembly. In the circumstances, common sense suggests that David was simply making sure that the woman up the stepladder didn't fall. Despite several appearances, the matter has still not gone to trial and Magistrate Daly postponed it until the 20th of June 2023. Former Brisbane City Councillor Jonathan Sriranganathan goes to trial on a trespass charge arising out of the Disrupt Land Forces demonstrations. His trial is set down for the 24th of April 2023 in the Brisbane Magistrates Court. This is Ian Kerr, 4PR Voice of the People, signing off for now. I'm going to play an interesting interview that I did two years ago when these demonstrations began disrupting the Arms Dealers Convention. Uh, I wonder if you could introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Zelda with Wage Peace. Zelda, it's been a very interesting meeting today. A lot of interesting things have been said, well attended. What is your ultimate aim for this land forces disruption? We want to disrupt the wheelings and dealings of the arms companies who are there to suck public money up by selling their weapons to our governments and um, neighbouring countries' governments. And why have you chosen West Papua to make the focus? I also work on a campaign called Make West Papua Safe. So we're very connected with West Papua. We know a lot of West Papuans. And it's a very hot conflict there at the moment. And Australian com weapons companies are implicated in the violence in West Papua. Which ones? EOS Australia and Thales Australia, Rhein Metal, Elbit Systems Australia. 
and Boeing are the five companies that we're particularly focusing on because they both sell to the Indonesian Armed Forces for use in West Papua and they are expanding their footprint here in Australia. Australia, of course, has been involved in a lot of conflicts overseas and still is, even if in a more silent capacity. There's been a lot of revelations about war crimes that have been committed by Australian soldiers in Afghanistan and in Iraq. So what makes it th- their engagement with West Papua so significant? Well, Australia has always had a policy of appeasement towards Indonesia. So we ignored human rights violations that were being carried out in East Timor for years. And we've also ignored human rights violations that have been carried out in West Papua for years. When 43 West Papuans arrived in Australia by canoe in, I think, 2006 or 2004, and Australia accepted those people as refugees. Indonesia was furious, broke off diplomatic contact, ceased military cooperation, and Australia was so concerned that we sought a a treaty with, with Indonesia specifically about military cooperation. And in 2006, Australia signed the Lombok Treaty, which guaranteed ongoing military cooperation and silence on human rights violations at the same time. Of course, Australia is a colonised country by Europeans, and so too was West Papua and East Timor that you mentioned, colonised by Portuguese and Dutch. Now, they drew up all the, uh, the boundaries that define these modern names for these countries. So why should we, focusing on a European image of these lands. Have you got an objection to the way in which the Australian government engages from that European point of view? Look, uh, we're guided by um, our friends in West Papua, um, most of whom see Papua as one island. So when West Papua becomes independent, they may well negotiate to become one island with, with Papua. They might go a different way. There are lots of different tribal groups in West Papua and they may become a federation of of tribal lands. Um, But I guess the key point is it's really up to them. It should be up to them. Today is the 1st of May, which is the International Day of the Workers. I noticed that even though you had a diverse uh, range of speakers, uh, there was no one from the organised trade union movement. Why was that? I don't know that we reached out to the trade union movement. That may have been that may have just been a lapse. It was <laughs> not deliberate. What is the basis for your engagement with workers? How does it relate to this arms expo? I guess weapons production impoverishes all of us. So, um, two hundred and seventy billion extra money um, the government's pouring into defence industries, and that's all money that has come from workers. That is our money. Um, and I think most Australians would rather see $270 billion go into um, climate protections, um, you know, reducing our carbon footprint, uh, increasing the, you know, the well-being of our communities and, um, and creating you know, safe homes and schools and workplaces for us, not weapons to go and be used against us or against other people. So let's go out with a song by Jumping Fences called Satellites. Seven sisters gather in a dark red sky. 
icy queens in their celestial home. Orion in pursuit sprawled across the night under this ancient starry dome. Satellites shine bright overhead. Nameless intruders of the night. Everything's in motion, turning on a each passing traveler in silent flight Like a velvet highway Under a veil of night Each passing traveler Beguiling traveler Under this ancient starry dome